From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think it's, I think it's totally ridiculous that we would have a census without asking. President Trump is pledging to delay next year's census until he can convince the courts to allow him to include a question on citizenship. Republican lawmakers have almost all supported him. But in that, there's an irony. The census figures are used to determine seats in the House of Representatives and allocate federal funds. And three GOP-controlled states, Texas, Florida, and Arizona, could lose a seat they otherwise expect to gain, and federal funds, if the question is included. That's because they have large and growing immigrant populations. I have CQ reporter Michael McInerney here to give us the state of play on Capitol Hill. And later, I'll talk by phone with Bryce Dietrich, a research fellow at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government, who has conducted a study of how including the citizenship question will affect the responses the government gets back. Hey, Michael. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. So, Michael, the Supreme Court ruled that the Trump administration's justification for adding the citizenship question was, in the words of Chief, Chief Justice John Roberts, contrived, and the administration needs to provide a better argument. So it's not dead. Um, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross is the one in charge. He oversees the census, and he's the one who came up with the original justification, which was that they needed the data to enforce the Voting Rights Act, in other words, to protect the voting rights of black Americans by not overcounting uh, non-citizens. So is the Trump administration going to try here to think up some new justification? Well, uh, there's been a bit of a, a mess, basically, since the decision came down. The administration hasn't definitively said in court what it plans to do. Trump himself has said he wants to delay the census. And the government is facing a sort of self-stated deadline of this week to send the order to the printer to start printing more than a billion forms for the census. That's the postcards that go out to people. That's the questionnaires. That's training materials, envelopes, the whole shebang. Um, and that's hard to turn around on a dime. And there's not a whole lot of give in the Census Bureau schedule to move that back. So they're facing a really tight timeline here. And it's not certain that they're going to be able to delay it too much without affecting the ability to conduct the census itself next year. And it would seem hard to come up with a new justification that the courts don't view as contrived after the fact if they didn't accept the original justification. Yeah. And in addition to that, uh, Secretary Ross has testified that the only justification was the Voting Rights Act justification. So it's kind of an open question how they would try to go about this, whether they would try a new way of justifying the Voting Rights Act or try and go back and construct another justification from another area of law. They certainly don't want to go with the justification that was in the uh, papers of a Republican consultant and advisor to Secretary Ross that came out recently. This was the whole convoluted story. This man had died. His daughter had come across these papers. And they seemed to indicate that the real reason was that Republicans felt adding the question would benefit the Republican Party by reducing uh, Hispanic political power, right? Right. 
so uh, the challengers to the question have pointed to these documents to try and revive some of their other claims separate from the administrative law claims that this question was meant to be discriminatory. Republicans have claimed that there's no actual direct link between these documents that theorize about a citizenship question and the actual addition of the question. But the judges uh, who have seen this evidence have said that they have additional questions and they want more discovery to find out whether there is that link between this study that says that it would be advantageous to Republicans to add this question and the actual uh, Commerce Department decision to add the question. Okay. With very few exceptions, the Republicans in Congress, even those whose states could lose seats they otherwise expect to gain, have backed the president. What's their strategy? Well, so far, they have uh, tried to add back in the citizenship question um, on spending legislation that Democrats passed um, that would bar the citizenship question, and also in the House Oversight and Reform Committee, where a lot of the action surrounding this has been. They've argued against subpoenas. They've argued against bringing people in for testimony. They've argued that the government's production of documents and uh, allowing people to come in for interviews has been sufficient. Um, the ranking member, uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, has said that he feels like it's common sense to, a to ask this question. And here's what Jordan told you up on the Hill the other day. Look, everyone expects this question to be asked. Most Americans know it should be asked. The United Nations wants it to be asked, encourages it to be asked. I mean, it's like other countries ask it. We're going to continue to push for common sense. But Republicans can really provide little more than moral support. They just don't have the power on the Hill. Yeah, no, they don't. The most that they've done right now is try to uh, get language into spending legislation that would allow the administration to ask the question, and Democrats have fought to bar the question. Um, but there hasn't been any legislation that's gotten through. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Thanks for having me. And now we turn to Bryce Dietrich. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Uh, it's good to be here. Now, I'm curious about your take on the Supreme Court's ruling. As, as I read the Roberts opinion, I felt as though um, what the court was saying was that the reasoning was not necessarily fundamentally flawed. The, the issue was that the reasoning was contrived uh, in, the, in the sense that um, the reasoning was proposed that Secretary Ross received a memo from the Department of Justice that said we need to have accurate citizen counts in order to protect voting rights under the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and then later documentation proved that it was actually the other way around, where the Department of Commerce contacted the Department of Justice and essentially asked for um, a justification for including the question. So, Bryce, I was struck that after the ruling, Representative Greg Stanton, who's a freshman Democrat from Phoenix, Arizona, spelled out um, the risks to states with lots of Hispanic immigrants, saying that the citizenship question would, he quote, result in a serious undercount in Arizona, likely the largest of any state, and cost our taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funds. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the citizenship question would create winners and losers among the states? Uh, yeah. I mean, so what's interesting about apportionment is that uh, the way seats are assigned is that there's a trickle-down effect to some extent. So if states like California are disproportionately affected by the citizenship question, that that ultimately can impact seat allocations for other states, even states like Arizona or Texas. And so in, in kind of supplemental work that we've done on our study, 
this was something that we stumbled across that I thought was particularly interesting. In our study, we just looked at kind of a national level effect of the citizenship question in terms of uh, a projected undercount. And that was because Hispanics would be reluctant to uh, answer the, the census. We essentially took our 6 million estimate and then distributed across the states depending on the degree to which state populations did not respond to the citizenship question on the American Community Survey. And we essentially treated this as a sensitivity measure. And when we did that, we did find that Arizona was one of the states that we flagged as being somewhat at risk of um, potentially losing a seat uh, if the citizenship question is introduced. Um, California was the one that we found was going to be most disproportionately affected, but Arizona was in the list of three states that we, we flagged as being uh, at risk based on the citizenship. Question. Right. The, w- the website 538 looked at some different potential effects of the citizenship question, some some larger, some smaller, and found that uh, under different scenarios, Arizona, Texas, Florida could all lose a seat, a new seat that they were expecting to gain if uh, the citizenship question were included. All three of those states, the governorship and the legislature, are controlled by Republicans. And yet the Republican congressmen in, in Washington have really had Trump's back on this and, and say we should include the question. It strikes me as a bit ironic. Well, I mean, so yeah, so for, for one, on the one hand, it does seem strange that question that seems to undercut states like Arizona and Texas potentially, uh, because those are states that Republicans have historically carried and, and would like to carry in the future. Um, on, on the other hand, uh, when seats are taken away uh, or assigned to other states, they, they have to go somewhere. And so several states like Montana, Alabama was another state that we flagged as one that could potentially gain seats. Right, both, uh, both Republican states. Right, exactly. Um, and the important point is that the, when it comes to which states are most, most at risk, it's states that have a large percentage of their population is population that people think is going to respond negatively to the question. And so most times the groups that have been flagged are Hispanics and uh, non-citizens. And so if you have a state that has a large proportion of their population of those populations, a large proportion of their population is being part of those groups. And then also the other component is that it can't have a large number of people otherwise. So if you imagine that um, that I'm assigning seats at the states, if you're a really large state like California, for example, you have some flexibility because you have such an enormous population relative to other states that um, that you can give up a few individuals and still retain seats. And so in that instance, you need to have a really large effect of the question on that particular state. And that's why California is a really interesting case because it's a really populous state, but it also, uh, a lot of the work that's been done in this area has found that California is especially at risk because people tend to respond most negatively to the question. Right, and it's it's understandable why Republicans would want to disadvantage California, which has been trending Democratic so much. But, you know, I also have read that Minnesota could benefit. and Ohio, a purple state, could benefit. And so it's not uh, cut and dry how it would shake out in terms of the parties. And so if these lawmakers from Texas, Arizona, and Florida are thinking of the good of the party as a whole, they're adopting some, uh, they're going with a position that is kind of mixed versus 
The census without the citizenship question has Texas gaining three seats, Arizona gaining a seat, Florida gaining two seats. So big wins for them without the citizenship question. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a really, that's why I think the politics around it is difficult to kind of put your thumb on the calculation. Um, But when it comes to apportionment and seats, it's just really, really complicated about how all of these play out because things that happen to one state ultimately affect the others. And so uh, I think that it's it's somewhat challenging to think about uh, Republicans or Democrats, for that matter, thinking so many moves ahead in, in, in such a chess game. I think that, generally speaking, they're probably thinking very myopically about the types of general populations that are going to be advantaged or disadvantaged by including the question. Right. And Hispanics tend to vote tend to vote Democratic. Exactly. But at the same time, you're talking about the the distribution of federal funds, which are based on population to, for various programs. And so uh, Texas, Florida, Arizona members are who support the citizenship question are potentially giving up federal funds so that Montana can get more. Yeah, I mean, the federal funds is important as well for, for a couple of reasons. The first is that there's just the sheer allocation of dollars uh, that we might care about if a certain state's population is is undercounted because of uh, an introduction, the introduction of the citizenship question, then that's that's going to be problematic for that state's federal funding because they're going to receive less uh, federal funds potentially, but have a larger population. Um, the federal funding is also important because of a lot of the federal funding formulas take into consideration not just the raw number of people within a state, but also the demographic characteristics of that population. So if you imagine if there's air associated with the proportion of Hispanics within a given state, then that, that affects federal funding in another way in the sense that the federal government wants to allocate funding equally in many instances. And if you have skewed demographic breakdowns within states, then that could potentially at a minimum, it would confuse federal funding formula. In some instances, it could potentially bias them. Thank you, Bryce, for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. That does it for us today. Thank you to the producer of this show, Tula Vlahu, and thank all of you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us.